0: Welcome to Healer's Happy Hour. I'm your host, Anne. On the show, we discuss meaningful conversations with healers in various fields and modalities. In this podcast, you can expect to learn more on the connection of the mind, body, emotion, and spirit, as well as our purpose here today. So sit back, take a sip of your favorite drink, and enjoy today's topic. Cheers. Welcome to this week's episode of Healer's Happy Hour. I'm your host, Ann, and I'm really, really excited <laughs> to have my dear friend, teacher, mentor, goober, so many things to me, uh, Kathy Misik, on the call today. Welcome, Kathy. Thanks, Ann. Gosh, it's such a delight to be here with you. <laughs> so- delight to have you. And a little bit of background on Kathy she is an energy intuitive and Reiki master teacher. She actually gave me my attunement for the Reiki master attunement. And uh, through her Reiki and energy healing work, she is able to create a space for her clients to rejuvenate, balance, and harmonize all aspects of their being so that the mind, body, and spirit can become restored. Uh, in this episode, in particular, we'll be talking about her work with entities and attachments. I think it's a really fascinating field. And just when we talk, you know, when we get coffee and things together, we go into it a lot. And, and even last week, she helped me with my own attachments. So she's really knowledgeable on that topic. And I'm really, really excited to have you today. Thanks. Thanks for
1: having me. Yeah, and it's it is true. When we meet for coffee, it's yeah. Our conversation just always just dives right in. So it's <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to have that 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 partnership. If you yes, will. totally.
0: Yeah. And uh, what are you
1: drinking tonight? Oh, beverage. Beverage yep. of
0: choice is. Waterloo, sparkling water. <laughs> love it. I love it. And I'm also drinking sparkling water. Uh, this is the guava LaCroix. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. We have good taste. <laughs> yes, you Cheers. 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 <laughs> good to you on today. And um, well, let's get into it, Kathy. So uh what got you started on your spiritual journey? What was the catalyst? <gasps> this world. Boy.
1: You know, there's always that, that pivotal moment where you can almost pinpoint when something shifted. Yep. Um, let's see. I think it was leading up to a pivotal moment, but, um, I was, um, taking college courses for paranormal investigation and, oh gosh, I think it was, gosh, trying to think it was like around 2008 2009 it was kind of like the hip thing on tv at the time pop culture with the ghost hunting shows and I used to watch yep (laughs) I was just eating it up I was like oh man I want to do this because I always um well I lived in a haunted home and I thought this would have been a really neat thing to know how to do you know ghost investigation so I was taking a paranormal call a course at um God, I think was Shoreline Community College. I was just doing some paranormal studies with a local, um, turned out he was a local healer as well as a, um, one of the top paranormal investigators in this area and also nationally renowned. So um, so that was interesting coming into this world of healing through the paranormal because yeah. it just seemed to really set the stage. Um, I wasn't afraid of ghosts, let's say, you know, that's why I was like, the ghosts and hauntings and things that go bump in the night, Um, but I was coming at it from a very scientific standpoint with with gear and trying to be intuitive, but relying more on technology. Um, The next pivotal moment was losing my mother. Um, She had passed away shortly thereafter. And in the process of that, serendipity would have it. um, My paths crossed with a, a healer and a psychic that happened to be partnering um in the name of it was like they were had a massage business and so while you were getting your massage the psychic was doing an, an intuitive reading while you're getting a massage and it was so yes. weird so it was so weird. it was a, so that week that I was helping with my mother's you know with her passing and then handling funeral arrangements I was going to these massages that my brother knew these two ladies and game changer right there. I'm like, Oh, wow. There's spirit out there that can actually come and talk to you because we're talking to my father in spirit. So all of a sudden this world just started opening up, come back to Seattle and just, you know, you just realize that all of a sudden the world is different. Everything you look at is different. Um, Started, I did um, some past life readings um, with a regressionist Had two different regressionists and Reiki kept coming up in the topic of these practices even paranormal investigation and in regression work just this word Reiki so I googled Reiki and this gal here in Fremont was offering you know session I could get in the next day wow booked a a session thought that was a sign from the heavens and wow, didn't know what happened, but it sure felt good. And then I thought, I need to know this. So, and there you go. The
0: rest is history.
1: (laughs) I dove in and never looked back. I just dedicated all my free time to studying energy work.
0: So that's amazing. And now you're even teaching it to others. So Mm -hmm. incredible. It's like full circle.
1: Yeah, I, that is true. It was a big leap. It was a big leap to feel confident enough to start teaching, which I've done classes in the past, but to really mentor other students, yeah, that I felt like that was the next step. But it was, yeah, it's like, do I know this
0: material? I'm like, yeah, I know it <laughs>
1: so, you're or, so well hum- enough.
0: You're so humble about it. I mean, I know, learning, but I do. I think I even said that to you. Is like, you're just such a great teacher. The way you're so, like. You allow for people to develop their own way of connecting with spirit, mm-hmm. and but you also inform in a way that's really helpful too because it can be so confusing starting out, for, especially for people that are kind of new to this area. So I'm just right. very excited for you because I think it's just such an amazing life path. So
1: you touch on a really good point there with um, everybody developing their own unique style. Because I'm, I teach from what I have experienced in my practice, but I always encourage my students or those I even just know in the industry or this work, field of work to trust your intuition. It's gonna filter through your intuitive centers unique to yourself. And you'll develop your, I almost call it like a code or symbology you know, of the energies so that you can work with them very unique to yourself.
0: Yeah, that, that makes total sense because we're each, you know, very, mm-hmm. and the gifts we bring forward are very unique and mm-hmm. yeah, we, we all can't be doing the same exact way of healing. And right. I think that's what is our superpower as a collective of healers is like bringing in all these different ways of going about basically the same means, which is right. the bigger question and that we're all looking for, which is like, what is our purpose and all of that? But
1: yeah. Right. I think it's- yep, exactly. There's basic fundamentals, but then you can build on those fundamentals um, yep. and then just make it your own. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Well, so that's well- my story.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I love your story of, of how you started out with like this ghost hunting and it was like more scientific realm of it. We kind of got into Reiki later on. Mm-hmm so cool you you've been able to tie the two together so let with that let's get spooky and let's talk a little bit about your work with attachments and entities and and what you have
1: yeah I find it interesting I started off with the spookiness you know the paranormal the things that go bump in the night and then end up kind of that's not where my work focuses primarily but I definitely know how to handle those types of situations in a healing sense and, uh, and help both sides of that coin, you know, help the beings, um, you know, the the entities, if you will, and then also the living. So, yeah.
0: yeah, it's really a talent and it's really cool. And, and I think a lot of people have fear around it. So yeah, if you're able to even touch on, like, maybe I, I know we we're going to talk about this a little later on, but just like how to remain empowered. I think that's one of the key right about this that's one of the key steps of like dealing with entities and spirits is like you remaining in your power is the biggest thing you can do to like counteract them from attaching or getting into your energy field Mm -hmm.
1: and that's that's really the crux or the cornerstone when an attachment enters your or just moves into your energy field and kind of gets stuck within that field it's there's a fear component that's underlying everything in your energy field, that there has to be a vibrational match for them to come into your energy field. So when I was first learning, you know, how to at least identify entities, you know, is when I was working with my mentor was understand that these beings have been with us, tw- you know, from the beginning of time, essentially, these beings have been here. It's just now we're focusing on them, you know, it's, They've always been here. And then there's this element of fear once you realize, oh my gosh, you know, the the sense that there's something in your closet or under your bed. Oh, that's real. You know, that's the first thing you realize, like, well, because most kids have that spooky feeling that there's something in their closet or under their bed. And you're like, oh gosh, that feeling was real. So that, that starts that fear cycle, you know, that there's something there you can't see so that's the first thing you have to learn to manage is fear and usually it comes down to what we don't understand we're fearful fearful of true and our culture especially pop culture has created such imaginings in our mind on what these beings could be and what they look like, you know, if there's any type of religious upbringing, Mm -hmm. um, Oh my gosh. If you've watched horror flicks, you're going to have that story running through your, you know, your mind. Um, And if the stories create a sense of powerlessness, Mm -hmm. and so that's one component is that, that fear of being not powerful enough to, defend yourself so that's just one component the other aspect is well how do you get these attachments in the first place you know that's another thing so i'm going to say like for the average person you know just the average person who's going about their day working and raising a family or just even going to school that they're not going to really encounter this type of entity that often Um, because entities are attracted to light, essentially. So, I would say the average person isn't going to really encounter these beings in a conscious way. Right. They seem to be attracted towards light workers. Um, I'm just thinking of other scenarios. I should probably back up a little bit. Entities is a really loose term here because we're, we're talking about beings that have a very low vibration. They're parasitic in nature. So they want to attract, they're attracted to your light or a being's, or human's light to kind of like feed off of or get nourishment from. So that's why they're, they're parasitic in nature. They don't really typically generate their own light. So they look for a, a food source. And so that typically it's gonna be a light worker because they're bringing in more light.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, another scenario would be, um, and I'm gonna use this definition of, it's somebody who has holes in their aura, auric field. There's um, tears or openings or weaknesses in the auric field that allows them to enter into the field and just kind of overshadow. Mm. those weaknesses are
0: um it can be from trauma and, and yeah in nature like even drug use and alcohol right that's
1: right yeah. yeah those are all examples of how we create tears or openings in our auric field it's you know drug addiction um alcoholism harm um, very severe depression yeah. um that can create you know, there's definitely a list of trauma, traumatic events that will create a tear in your energy field. Um, cre- basically it creates an entry point. Yeah. And so if there's a vibrational match, they will come into your field and start um, integrating. And if they mesh with your energy field, it's very hard to um, basically unravel them. Mm-hmm. Um, you might notice something is off initially and does it feel right especially if you're an intuitive you can feel like something's not quite right um so if you catch it early enough you can remove them yourselves but if they get too embedded in your energy field you might need a, the work of another healer to kind of help yeah. you and unt- de- detangle them <laughs> kind of like peel them off right
0: right I was going to uh, touch on what you were saying earlier of like, you know, being scared of this thing under your bed or in your closet. It's so funny cuz what came to mind is my niece recently said and that I think all of these things always happen at the right time. My niece, she's like 4 years old on a call said, "You know, there's a monster in my bedroom. There's a monster in my closet." And I could feel my mom's energy and this was a remote call, but I could feel my mom getting nervous and and she went and she told us she told her priest at her church, which I find hilarious. I'm like, that's the last person you should probably tell that to. But probably so. yeah. I know, but the priest was like, OK, why don't you tell your mommy and daddy? Like, I think he handled it fine. Um, and I just said to her, you know, you have many guardian angels protecting you and you're very powerful. So it can't do any harm to you. I just kept repeating that to her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Another niece of mine too was like, was like seeing a being in her mirror and he gave her a very old name and uh, my sister was getting freaked out. And I just said, the best thing you can do is to be very calm when she brings it up and just ask her Mm -hmm. and, and like basically normalize it because I, I, yeah, I just feel like when you start to instill that fear in kids, then they start to close off their abilities or they start to fear Mm -hmm. it that's when the attachment can happen, so.
1: Right, yeah, it is a normal everyday occurrence. So like when you have children who are very perceptive is to validate their experience, but then to also empower them. Um, You can give them a selenite wand, um, just say that's their magic wand, you know, the wand of light, you know, just something that helps empower them. so that they don't slip into fear and feel powerless. Yeah, Um, Children are really perceptive. Oh my goodness. Yes. There's no shortage of stories and examples of children being able to see angels or, you know, like you said, faces in the mirror, loved ones, you know, even shadow people. There's just no host of, there's just no shortage of stories. Yeah. Um, Teenagers are prone to, um, Attracting a little bit more lower vibrational beings. See that we can we can discuss that if you want, yeah. but um, you know it's just these these beings are really attracted to emotion, mm-hmm. and that's part of the the I say the attraction is anger and frustration and fear. They're lower vibrations, but they they emit a lot of electric energy output. It's like when somebody has an outburst of anger, it's like, that's a flash of light to a being of darkness. And and they will be attracted to it. Um, Drug use is another one because it just, that person is obviously not dealing with staying in their body and being empowered and healing the shadow wounds. Right. So they, they're very emotional, suppressing the emotions with either drugs or alcohol, but the emotion's still there. And it's just stewing on the inside. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And those beings, they just, they're just opportunistic. Yeah. You know, they're just like, oh, there's some, you know, nourishment. <laughs> but teenagers, as you know, we've all been one. Yeah. are kind of highly emotional. We go through periods of a lot of emotional distress because our bodies are going through a lot of change we're just hot mess so to say and (laughs) and beings are attracted to that so you'll see a lot of poltergeist activity in a household with teenagers
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um there's you know i'm still a part of paranormal groups even right now you know to this day and i i learn something new all the time Mm -hmm. from that field of study that anything that is a liminal space, it's a transitional space, um, is going to be prone to these beings being in those spaces of transition. They're, so somebody who is empowered and really holding their light and done their housekeeping, if you will, energy housekeeping, they're not in a liminal state. They are grounded. They're firmly present. They, their house is in order. You're not going to really, you're not going to get attachments that way. Right. Are very unlikely. Right. Um, so, but the, like te- back to teenagers, they're going through a time of transition, you know, a lot of change. Um, so they're just ripe for the territory, you know, to have being. So, and if you haven't noticed, teenagers love horror flicks. Yes, they do. <laughs> they have, there's something about getting their, the wits scared out of them.
0: Yeah. And the darkness, it's like, there's like an yep. into. to... I kind think gothic. the mysteriousness of those darker energies are sort of.
1: Absolutely. There's something about, a th- it's kind of thrilling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so which on the surface seems kind of harmless, yeah. but there are beings that are very observant and mm-hmm. they're watching. And depending on the situation, you'll get attachments. I've had some of the most challenging entity removal on young people teenagers on teens wow yeah some of the most difficult i just call them big nasties but essentially um i don't want to demons essentially
0: yeah yeah
1: some of the, the most dark beings i've ever had i've encountered on like 16 year olds
0: wow <laughs> and, and could they be attaching them to them too i know like Ouija boards or something I don't mess with I never felt called to mess with is it Mm -hmm. through the use of that or is it just from the overall dark energy that maybe the teenagers are kind of stewing in and and maybe not coming out of for long periods of time
1: probably a little of all that Um, emotionally charged um, they probably are experimenting with drugs. In this particular case, um, this young gal was definitely experimenting with drugs and not just pot. She was yeah. definitely going down some deeper ends of heavier narcotics, um, which just wreaks havoc on your energy system. Um, yeah. yeah. Plus in a household of abuse, it was just an unfortunate situation. Um, and it was just... You know, she was ripe for the pickings. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, and it's, you know, the whole Gothic, she was, she was kind of on the fringes society and this was, yeah. So that was one classic case. And that was just an interesting, um, it was just textbook, just textbook demon, demonology right there. Um, mm-hmm. But my training was, so mm-hmm. we're going back to fear as a healer is never show fear just always stay in your power you have so i've been i know tools i can use to help navigate and work with these types of beings if they're willing to have a dialogue with me i always prefer to work with them and help cross them over into their dimension where they belong Mm -hmm. in this particular case there was no negotiating no negotiating with this being it was it was about split second decisions and figuring out where i can put him quickly
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's and that's something else, yeah. If you can touch on more, I really like that when you're working with these attachment entities, you you do it from a place of compassion. And it's not just like, Mm -hmm. we were both raised Catholic, so I'm gonna bring it back to that. Right. And like splattering holy water and reading the Bible and being like, I expel you from the spot. Like that's more Oh my gosh, yeah, like
1: exorcist,
0: right? Exactly. Totally the
1: exorcist. Yeah. Oh gosh. Passion. I would prefer to do it the, the nice, compassionate yeah. way and try to understand why they're there. You know, he, hear the story from their perspective. Yeah, um, And I have done those. Those are beautiful experiences. Um, there's no emotional, you know, no fear. It's just moving uh, my client into a, a neutral space. Of, I explain to them, if I kind of have to intuit if they're able to handle the experience of letting this being kind of come to the forefront and they speak for them so they have to be mature enough and in a stable enough position to work go into that relationship with the being to let them have a voice allow that yeah yeah Yeah. and that's a an interesting dynamic too it's more along shamanic work Mm. uh, working with different realms and finding where they belong it's psychopomp work. So,
0: oh, yeah, yeah. And I've even started to do that a little bit because I read um, this really good book that you recommended, Spirit. And I'll put that in the show notes. And it, you know, sometimes I don't know exactly where I'm sending them, but I'm just like, I send this being to the to the place for its highest good um, because you can't stay here because it's my energy field yeah. for your
1: highest good. <laughs> so not for my highest good, right? Oh. No, so you know, yeah, and I think the old school I've used old school in the sense of a lot of, um, you know, hold up the cross and the holy water and the whole bit is so adversarial, and I think it just creates more friction and more rebellion on the being's part, um, yeah. and maybe not very effective, yeah, it, it, yeah. I just, I, um, so in this particular case with this, this really big, nasty, um kind of just they're very tricky the, the bigger ones are tricky mm-hmm. you know they, they're just dece- deceivers you know they they're <laughs> they're selfish interests yeah. so but yeah so this one was a little on the slide, but I was able to um have him transmuted into the light but it just I had to work pretty hard for him um but there's other situations where they just kind of get lost and just inadvertently will kind of get into somebody else's energy Mm -hmm. and you can almost feel that those that are more parasitic in nature. Um, So when I'm working with a client, you can see say patches of darkness within their body. It's not just a blocked chakra. You can actually, the way I perceive them is like, they're almost like slimy slugs. right? And and it's just interesting. You're like, Ooh, this is not supposed to be here. So then I work within, sometimes I don't ever tell the client, you know, sometimes it's just, you don't want to cause more, do harm. You just like, no, just cleaning up your energy. Yep. In those cases, they're fairly easy to extract. You just come at it from a very patient level and you raise the vibration of your client. It's all about vibrational matches because they attach at a lower frequency. Right. Right. So if the person's in fear, depression and drugs and alcohol, drop your vibration. So that's why I um, raise the vibration, raise the vibration.
0: And those um, slug things, I'm just asking for clarity for the listeners. Are those, are those like, say like thought patterns that the person has in their own energy field that they've created, or is it like more external things they picked up from their environment because they were at a low vibration or, or does it tend to be both that you're finding? I was going to say yes and yes and yeah. yes. <laughs>
1: So there's, as you can tell, just by this topic alone, there's so many different scenarios that can present. Um, a lot of times, back to your thought patterns, yeah. thought, thought is energy. It has mass to it, thought forms. There is a field where our thoughts go and create mass. So you can create a haunting If you have enough people believing that the place is haunted, the energy coalesces and creates the energy being that haunts the the location. Mm -hmm. So you can create a haunting. So just by that alone, your thoughts, if that person is, let's just say there's an individual that has a lot of fear that they're working through. And depending where they put that fear in place it, it can create thought forms that in turn, come back and haunt them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I always like if I'm clearing a house or you know, doing house clearings, I always, and I've had to learn this over time. And this I'd go in and just kind of do the whole ghost hunter thing. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like, I'm focusing on the residents. What is their mental space like? How are they in their well-being? Are they emotionally sound, grounded? Mm-hmm. You know, or is the house being remodeled? You know, there's is it now becoming a liminal state, or is the house are the residents going through a t- difficult time, divorce? You know, mm. so much affects the well being of this energy field. So, thought forms you can attract these beings, which actually have a you know, a separate consciousness, if you will, a vibrational field that gets attracted to your being. They will tend to overshadow. Those will overshadow you. You can just tell your thoughts are off. Your energy feels off. Something doesn't feel right. You might have thoughts that don't seem like your own. That's your first clue. Something's something's up. Yeah. Um, ghosts. We
0: haven't even talked about ghosts that overshadow you. I was just about to ask you, um... So on, on the podcast, you know, I don't mind getting vulnerable. A lot of, a lot of the people are, I interview are people I've worked with or follow their work. and have taken their advice and learnings. And um, so, so for my own experience, I'll use um, over the summer and then even just recently, I don't know if what I had just recently was would be classified as a demon or I guess it doesn't matter, more shadowy figure. But um, over the summer, I had it like actual ghost attached to me. <laughs> And I didn't realize for a long time because I was in a pretty low vibrational state myself, like pretty down. uh, And I felt like I almost couldn't tell when it attached to me. And then you, I met you for coffee and we were just talking. I'm like, I just feel so low. And I feel like, and then all of a sudden you were like, You have you have a ghost in your energy field. And I still remember. I still remember to this day, like how once it was extracted off of me, like the like, whoa, like the light flooding back. I was like, oh, that's my energy. So now I've been very more keen and sensitive to like what's mine and what's something else's. And um Mm And also I was going to add to that. I feel like is important is I'm still learning how to ground my energy again. Um, Cause I just like felt like I went through a lot of upheaval over the last year. And so mm-hmm. um, for me, I noticed like I'll be grounded and fine one day and then I'll like, kind of like pop out and like not be as stable. And so like, I've been trying to learn to ground and I do notice it's the times where I like kind of pop out of my centeredness or my groundedness mm-hmm. that and I'm not saying like every day, it's like, oh, if I'm just feeling off, like I get an attachment, like that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. It doesn't happen like that. Yeah. Um, times, But yeah, I'd love to hear more on ghosts and, and even, yeah, more about them attaching. Right.
1: Yeah. It is, it's fascinating. Ghosts. I always, I have such a soft space in my heart for them because they're just wayward humans that have yeah. just kind of lost their way to the light. Yeah. And they're just. They're just looking for just someone either to listen to them or help them they're just basically those in need yeah so when a ghost attaches to like in that situation for you it was so interesting um they just again attracted to the light i always think like a moth to the flame you know they're attracted to light they're lost i'm not totally sure what they see I have an idea of how they see in their space you know it's they're just looking for light they're lost yeah um sometimes if you live in a a building that has a lot of say ghosts in it they're going to kind of congregate where they're either feeling more safe (laughs) or they're attracted to somebody with light which is going to be
0: you yeah
1: yeah um but the first thing you'll notice is you just start, you just, if you do enough of that inner housekeeping of self-reflection, how's my energy feel? How's my, and then all of a sudden you say, oh, something feels off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you just kind of take inventory. And that day it was such a perfect scenario where you just <laughs> describing you were feeling off.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I shift my focus. Cause you and I were just talking, you know, just face yeah. to face. I'm like, shift my focus. I'm like, oh gosh, yep. She's standing right
0: there. <laughs> So it was actually
1: easy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You asked me too, which is another reason I love working with you because you really empower your clients. And you asked me, do you feel like there's an attachment on you? And even just like, I could tell the answer from you was a yes, but like, I just tuned into myself and I was like, yes, there is, there is
1: someone here. Something's wrong. Yeah. Yep. Got it. Yeah." Yeah. Yeah. And and gosh, I, I've had my share. I haven't had a ghost, but I have had definitely unsavory characters <laughs> attached to my energy non-living. <laughs> <laughs> have a distinction there. But and I have to reflect back on how it happens. Um mm-hmm. so it's just learning to always know your light, you know, and Charge. It's all about empowerment, saying centered and in your power, um, not from an egoic perspective, but really you are the channel of light. And I just really train my energy to always be self-aware. What, what am I vibrating at? I pay attention to the foods I eat, very rarely drink alcohol. If I do drink alcohol, I'm very mindful about it. <laughs> yes. Um So, and these are just things we learn along the journey. And um, so, but ghosts, I think are probably some of the easier beings to remove from people's energy field. They're just, I just listen to their story and um, find, um, I just create a threshold and I work through that field. And once I hear their story and I understand, and then I work with light beings to create a welcoming, basically, that's what cycle pomp work is. But I go in and I look for the perfect pairing of basically an usher, somebody who will walk them across the threshold. And it can be an ancestor. It, it depends on their belief system. And it can be angels, grandma. And, then, and I think in your situation, I think it was her grandma. Her
0: grandma, that yeah. Her. yeah. Yeah. Her grandma like, came in. Mm-hmm. She was from the 1930s. I remember she was dressed like that. and. Oh, really simple dress. Uh, yeah. I was going to say too, I really like how you, and and you really taught me this too, is how you've because I think going back to how, oh, what goes bump in the night, that scary thing that's watching me while I shower yeah. <laughs> that people get scared about. Um, I really, over the years, even just working with you have learned to humanize them. And that has made a huge difference for mm-hmm. Scared of these beings is like, oh, like, like in the new building I'm at, I'm in now, there was a guy that died in his 90s. And I'm just like, oh, he's just a grandpa ghost, like watching over the building. You know, like I, I don't get and mm-hmm. I see him out in the hallway and he doesn't, he knows not to come in my space. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. You start to humanize these spirits and entities, they become much less scary and you know much less like the exorcism or or something right. and and that also helps you come into your power while also having compassion for them and knowing that they're right. lost and they don't know maybe where the light is where the next phase of their journey is yet right and fear doesn't
1: serve anybody on any <laughs> level like fear takes you out of your power so it's learning to always stay centered grounded as best you can and um, you know, and that takes practice to kind of navigate. Um, it's not as if I haven't had fear before, like, especially in, you know, you going through a haunted house, <laughs> you know, and learning and all of a sudden, you know, you're just like, Whoa, something feels really creepy, you know? So, um, but, you know, you just learn to mitigate and I always, Now I have exactly default, you know, I have a default zone that I pop into my energy as just an observer. I'm just observing this and what is it showing me and what do I need to know? Um, um, Yeah, so I was just going to say, there's such a wide variety of type of entities that you'll encounter in healing work. A lot of healers are uncomfortable working with this aspect of healing work. They want to stay in the higher realms and I'll just kind of coin that phrase, love and light. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's nothing against that, but at least the type of work that I do, if I want to be really effective, I want to see all the spectrum of light. It's still light, Mm -hmm. but I want to understand all the different frequencies and how that impacts the human body and then also the human spirit. So... Mm -hmm.
0: And that's bringing uh, so, you on today because I, I just love that you go into these darker areas that you're exactly right. A lot of healers don't go into and there's ghost uh-huh. hunter realm that you were in for a time, but I love that you've bridged the two together and you now use it in your Reiki sessions. Cause I almost wanted to say in your introduction too, like you just, you do so much more than just Reiki, just helping right. the chakras and work with that individual. You're looking at all the layers and all the potential entities and you're so great at working with them and I think that's so important
1: yeah I always think like Reiki is the foundation it's just it was like how I built my healing practice was on that teaching and and then it just expanded it just you know I gosh I work with all different types of light beings now in my healing work and so it just creates a wide palette a toolbox if you will of just so many tools to work with whatever walks in my door you know as far as my studio and the type of work I'm doing mm-hmm. um, you know even that you know when you think about the language that we use that's why I'm so careful even in today's discussion using the word entity you know because it it can conjure up so much visual imagery and so I just I've kind of made the term I, Oh, the unsavories, you know, like the little, the little critters, you know, of the light world, you know, the little, you know, the, the little ones, but, yeah. <laughs> um, or the big, are, or the big <laughs> nasties, you know, I have to acknowledge there are some big nasties out there and, you know, it's just got to have the tools to manage them. Cause some, some are definitely not going to talk, you know, you can't talk with them. You just can't reason with them. Yeah. So, and you just got to have a nice, good tool. <laughs> So and that's where crystals come in. So yes. but, um, <laughs> um but um so back to you know just really for like for healers, if anybody who's you know cautious and when you start off on this path of healing work, that is part of this journey is you're just learning about this other realm or realms and and the way I teach my students is from a place learn the, your home, your house first, and really get comfortable with reading your energy, holding your energy, creating sacred space within your energy field. And once you're confident in that and able to hold it, then you can start shifting your gaze out into, you know, other spaces and, and feel confident that you can, you know, just even observe them, you know, you don't know, have to know what to do with them yet. You just observe and, and stay in your power.
0: Yes. Yes. I love that. It's like learning to walk before you run, you know, learning. Right. How, and it's, it is so important. Cause like you said, there sometimes lower vibrational energies are attracted to that light. So you might be mm-hmm. and working on that light, but without tools of empowering and protecting your energy, it's like Almost like all the work you're doing, um, it just isn't as useful because it's not protective and you're giving it, you know, out to these right. instead of just mastering yeah. and then helping others. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's self-mastery. And I always feel like healing work is healing this, you know, yourself as the healer as, yeah. as well as your client, you know, I always say practice, 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 but also in the process is your self-reflection always bring it back. How's, how can I integrate this into my own life? You know, what am I seeing here that I can integrate and heal as, you know, with, you know, there's, I had to learn to find my, that power within, you know, I I'll be the first to admit, I had a lot of doubt in this process, you know, just self doubt. Am I doing this? Am I holding energy? A lot of doubt. I had to really work with it, but just, it builds yeah it builds and then you have a you can have success those little successes like oh i removed an entity oh yeah good job ready for the next
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally totally, yeah. totally. and yeah. i was going to ask you, i think this is a good segue is do, are there any simple maybe protective tools i know we've talked about being in your power but is there any mm-hmm. like concrete tool of oh i'm starting to drop into fear how do i come out of that and how do i fear? keep my perspective. Do you have any tips like that for the listeners?
1: So I always emphasize, yeah, there are some, I'd say really important, um, tools to implement right away. And that is stay in the power of observation. And as that, the phrase implies is when you're just the observer, you're in your power. Cause as soon as you step out of your power, you become emotional. You, you, and I always say you lean into the field, but so the way I see the landscape of energy is the front half of our energy body is gets into the emotions, you know, the emotional, mental field. It's like the front half of our body is so governed by human experience. Mm-hmm. So powers of observation are going to be in your center channel. Like You know, if you're centering, you're actually unplugging from those emotion, emotional mental fields. You're just observing. So it's learning to have that quick go-to of being in the power of observation. What you are know, your witness. So something doesn't mean you don't get startled. You know, I have to say, you can be startled, you know, like I'll jump. But then I immediately pop into observation. What am I seeing here? What is presenting here? And it keeps you in your power, you know, and then you can make very good, you know critical decisions in the moment if you have to it's like all right what am i going to reach for like i've had to turn around like what am i going to reach for to get this you know better right. <laughs> right. yeah i gotta mitigate this really quick so i,
0: I love that i love that tool because i remember you teaching that in in the reiki class too that i took with you uh, and mm. recently doing it and i totally like forgot the reasoning behind it i'm like i know i learned this from kathy but i don't remember why I mean, I do remember that the channel of light comes down our back and, mm-hmm. and comes out the palms. Um, but I remember like whenever I get triggered now or um, something starts to instill or starts to create fear in me, I start to lean back. Like I physically lean I'm already doing that. I actually feel better. And I'm like, oh, I feel mm-hmm. and stable because, and I totally forgot about that, that you taught us that in the front. It's like that emotional side. And that's when I- I also notice for myself, I think a lot of people are like this too, is when I'm just in conversation with people, when I lean forward, I get more, I start to pick up their stuff. I'm highly uh, empathetic in that way where I like physically take on their stuff. But when I, when I'm in conversation with people too, I'm like, I'm just going to lean back. And that is just one measure that's really huge. I think for people. Yeah. Uh,
1: That's a game changer that practice by itself um, is really beneficial for the empath to know how to manage your energy, um, because empaths by nature are going to be very porous, if you will, they're going to, the field is so fluid and they're sending and receding. It's like hard to know where they begin and end when they're sitting with another or a group of people, depending on the level of connections. And so it's learning that house again, centering your house and leaning back, um, and I call it like the back channel. You know, it's and I and it's so funny. I had to, I had to kind of learn this on my own. All the Reiki books I've read, and you know, they say that light flows down your channel in the channel. Mm-hmm. But either I missed that detail in the books or my teacher didn't highlight it, but I'm like, just through practicing in up and listening to my guides. It's really leaning back out of that emotional field in the front half of our bodies, which is you know it's an auric field, but the front half is so emotionally charged. But like you said, if you're leaning into a good juicy conversation, you're gonna lean into it.
0: Yes, yes. And you get right in there. <laughs> yes. And the other message they're telling me, I was actually out walking today and I was like preparing mentally preparing for this. And I was thinking like one message that came through clearly is another to really master and learn to protect yourself against these unseen energies that you're maybe scared of, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, that you just don't want attaching to you or impacting your energy in any way. Uh, what my guides and higher self told me today is practice with the people in your lives of people you can see that's, it's the same. It's exactly the same. It's it, um, exactly right. Because people yeah. like when sometimes when i'm leaning in and i'm like really into someone's sad story they're telling me then i come out and i'm like boy now i feel bad. so it's the same thing of like how do you mm-hmm. energy in those conversations and if there's someone maybe that you're engaging in for too long mm-hmm. you're so fatigued it's like okay you remove yourself then and it's the same thing like i think sometimes i was talking about this in another episode um how as us as humans tend to really complicate things. And it's like, Oh, I have to use this magical power tool to like expel any energies, but it's really just as simple as like stepping back into your power and acting like this energy or entity is just like a person, you know, mm-hmm. talking to you on the street that might be unloading a lot or, or whatever it is Right. Uh, impacting your energy. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's probably the, the, the biggest tool that you can implement is how are you holding your power? Um, Once you get that mastered, I mean, we're always learning. It's like, it's just a process of practice. Um, You'll find less and less attachments, you know, you know, that you, they don't just, they just don't come on anymore. I mean, I definitely had to learn this over time, removing, getting stuff removed from my energy field, but, it's been it seems like it's been several years now since i've had to encounter that but yeah. that's not to say though going into darker locations like if, you know bars are definitely a hotbed for entities and ghosts you know it's just because there's so much low vibration going on there um, there's certain streets that just seem to be yeah. you know if there's a lot of historical district that just you know we're in seattle i'd say university avenue over there in the college by the u that's 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 a tough street that's that's got a lot of stuff on it
0: there's a spot um in in the central district that i i can't drive over that street anymore um and i later looked it up and apparently there's been a lot of accidents there's been murders on this street but i get like suffocated when i drive through there so i'm like i'm just gonna avoid that street And, there's,
1: and it, there's pockets like that all over, you know, it's, and there'll, there'll definitely be people who just kind of get an odd feeling when they go through those places. Sometimes it's the land. So um, there's definitely vortexes in the earth grid that, you know, that's a topic too. We haven't even really touched on that kind of seems to be a portal or an entry point to these other lower, you know, these lower frequency beings will come through. Um, Yeah, there's that topic. So there's definitely areas where there's been, um, say, dark magic cast, Ouija board opened up, not closed. It creates a portal. So um, there's a lot of things that can happen that just kind of brings these beings into our reality, if you will, this dimension. Um, So by staying in your power, that's the first, I'd say, protocol to really work with and hone you know really get really good with your auric field cleansing it however you cleanse it like whether it's through smudging Mm -hmm. um epsom salt baths you know there's a lot of things you can do to fortify your energy field Mm -hmm. and then you know there's other tools you can use as well sometimes calling forth um archangels for Mm -hmm. protection if you have an affinity with those beings you can call them forth to at least assist you um crystals for protection (laughs) you're talking yep yeah yeah i definitely have crystals um i also use you know i work with elementals you know it's not just this is outside of the, the realm of reiki but just i call it advanced energy tools um i you know i use the elemental of fire you know it's i create walls of fire around me you know it's There are just things you can do when you're walking down a street and you see somebody who's just having a really interesting day and they're talking to themselves and you can see that they might have an attachment. Attachments will jump. They will jump people. Yeah. (laughs) So I usually just do tools just for shielding and protection, um, just as added insulation, you know, just, you know, just because you can
0: (laughs) One I learned with Reiki too, that I've, I've just taught people is, well, gold is very protective. I, if I'm -hmm. like right now I'm house sitting for someone, I throw up gold on the walls that I'm sleeping in. Um, And also like when I'm walking down the street past, you know, people, or even just people I can tell are having a really bad day that I don't want their energy. Mm -hmm. It's bubbling up where you um, literally like shield yourself in a giant bubble. And it's like a, for me, I see it as a translucent so I can see out of it, but it's gold. So gold is protective in general. Like, yep, I just know that yeah. things can't really penetrate that. And it's also the power of the mind, too, because like you said, doubt comes into sometimes when you're on this journey. Sometimes I'll walk past someone and I'm like, was my shield up? <laughs> was it working? And then that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that can also be like, you have to trust yeah. your, like, I know how to throw a shield up. I'm protected. I'm fine. You know? Yeah.
1: So with that daily practice of always, I always say take inventory of your energy field. How am I holding my energy? How am I holding my power? So we're basically training our energy field to hold a certain pattern. I mean, you can use the word protection, but I just say we're fortifying our energy field. And I feel like that's, exactly what we're doing it's and that fortification is the protection you know the more that we strengthen the light within and you're aligned with the source energy flowing through you that is your protection it's the light divine and i just i work from that heart space outward and i fortify my auric field that way so that is my shield of protection, if I want to use that word, but that's fortification of my light. Um, and it is, it is the mind, it's the mental scape, you know, just, you know, I am in my power and I've done a lot of, it's a discipline. It is a ritual, a daily ritual of energy work. You know, just, you know, it's like brushing your teeth <laughs> every yeah. day. I'm cleansing my aura every yeah. day.
0: Cleaning off your aura. It's so important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
0: things once in a while. and
1: if you're working with clients you know in that aspect and you've done a lot of clearing you know then afterwards you kind of have to sweep the energy you have to clear out your healing space because there's definitely energy to breathe there too yeah and right. uh, just kind of like i just call them like dust bunnies gotta sweep the energy <laughs> so, and, and transmute it yeah um,
0: and and one visual uh i was downloaded once was just um I think this is a thing going back to how empaths are are porous. Um, if you identify anyone uh, as an empath, what happens sometimes in our energy field? They showed me like we have these like holes, and they're like sucking in other people's energy in their aura, auric field. And so, what my guides have told me is, whenever you feel like you're getting like you're sucking in other people around you or a space's energy, they're like. Channel out that light that's coming through you from source or God, whatever, mm-hmm. you, and channel mm-hmm. that at, back out and like do the reverse. They're like, don't be a vacuum. Be be like pushing out energy. Right. Do the opposite. Right. Of that. So yeah. that might also help help listeners too if you're ever
1: right. You're I peeing. always use that visualization of the lighthouse. You are the lighthouse. And and that lighthouse is the beacon, you know, you're just sending your light out in a solid stream. Um, It is, it's, it's really about training your relationship to the world around you. A lot of times impasse, you know, if they've had a lifetime of that energy vacuum, Yeah. It's exotic. By the time I have an empath on my healing table, they're pretty drained. They don't even know how to hold light. They're just, they're depleted. And so I have to start so at the beginning, like training their energy, how to, it's the directional flow. Instead of all this input, it's like pushing it out. It's Mm -hmm. finding that, that place of empowerment. Um, And it's just interesting. Empaths are such a, they make such beautiful healers. Yeah. It's just challenging them for them to find um, a new way to hold their energy field so that they can come from a place of compassionate detachment where they can still have compassion and, and empathy, but not get attached to it. It's yeah. that's that power of observation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do notice a lot of impasse just seem to attract beings, you know, like we're talking entity attachments. Yeah. That seems to be fairly common. And yeah. I think it's just because it's learning how to plug the the holes in the or in the energy field. Yes. And,
0: and then trust that you're doing that too.
1: Right? Believe that you're doing it. Yeah. 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 And sometimes, you know, since you can't really see that I'm right. I'm stealing at my energy field. So I'm kind of visual and I love imagination. So I would create this visual that I am spackling the inside of my energy field. You know, I'm using spackle, but it's white energy. It's just thick energy. And I just spackle the inside of my energy bubble. And I said, like just start training it. It's just, you got a nice thick wall, spackle it. If you see any, and I spin it around and see if there's any holes or tears and I spackle it a little more. <laughs> I love that. I love so that. It's just, yeah. And so essentially it becomes like, I use that phrasing of like a coconut shell. You got thick meat on the walls of the inside of your shell. You still can sense energy. There's still energy flow. It's just, you're creating, you're training your energy to create um stronger boundary between you and the
0: world around you yeah oh i love that i love all those visuals i think that's going to be really helpful both for myself and listeners um just to just to visualize because yeah it's true sometimes people are better at seeing it visually the things around them Mm -hmm. and you know protection yeah yeah and not
1: everybody sees things the same way but since i'm really visual i just used a lot of vision, you know, where it's like, well, what, what looks really thick to me? Well, I'll spackle the inside of my bubble or okay. the coconut shell. Um, some people have, they struggle with that visioning. You know, they have more of a sense of knowing um, it's more gut instinct. Um, I'm even listening to my guides right now. Like, and wow, how do we make our suggestion here? I think it's setting the intention. Intention is like 99.999% of this work. You have to have a very powerful intention and you have to believe,
0: Yes, you
1: know? If, if you set an intention and you don't believe it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it has there, that's just, it's wiggly. There's just no yeah. foundation there. You have to really believe in what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I always go back to Harry Potter, even though it's, it's a movie, there's a lot of good examples in there in belief. Mm-hmm. you know when they're when they're learning their little spells <laughs> you could tell the ones who really you know hermione got it down it's because she really believed in herself you know she and she practiced
0: <laughs> yeah. good good. she's very disciplined
1: it's a, it's a discipline and yeah. so that's why i always encourage people to in order to really train your energy feel to hold of vibration practice. And of course, if we're talking on the point of vibrations, what is the highest vibration? Love. (laughs) Right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. So that is okay. So the lowest is fear Mm -hmm. and the highest is love. As far as we're talking the frequency of light and Mm -hmm. I'm talking light, but it is love and fear. It's still in a light frequency bandwidth. Mm -hmm. And, so fear is disempowered so when i want to, wanting to raise my vibration i go into the frequency of love you know i just bring love through my whole body i just feel it in my heart this is again the lighthouse is the heart yes. so i bring the light in and then i charge it up in the battery of the heart of love mm-hmm. and in that lighthouse i am light yes. I am love and and that type of divine love frequency, it, it, you can feel the power within it. It's not the human version of, you know, infatuation. I, lo- I love it's infatuation. It's I, I don't. It's like I love you. Infatuation. This is like to me. It's like holy fire. It's love. Yeah. Unconditional
0: love. Oneness is always what I experience. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's finding that frequency that really. Charges at the heart space and that always raises your vibration. Or if even thinking of things you love, you know, things that bring you joy raises your vibration. Yeah.
0: They talk about like writing out gratitude lists every day of things. Mm -hmm. Things like I'm happy to wake up in a warm home today. You know, that can Mm -hmm. really
1: low simple pleasures.
0: Simple like that can really help bring you out of it. And that's always what we're trying to do is yes, it's important to, to acknowledge your shadows and maybe mm-hmm. your feeling, but then how do you step out of that? And, and yeah, like bridging that Shift the- is always important and, and the process to learn sometimes. Yeah. yeah,
1: it is. It is learning to reframe your relationship to spirit and it is an, it's an incredible journey. I will say that, you know, finding myself here today compared to where I started out, how much. I've grown as a, I'll say as a human, (laughs) but also as a healer, it's
0: learning
1: to create such a deeper relationship with the great mystery, you know, the all, you know, and moving into right relationship with these, this space around us, this universe, um, seen and unseen, um, you know, and that's also brings up, you know, back, I was, everything goes full circle here. We're talking about entities and attachments. It's, you know, we're, we're healing aspects of our, our being in that process. Even as healers, you know, we always hear that phrase, the wounded healer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I think the wounded healer makes the best healers if they've done their inner work because they, they have gone into those deep recesses and looked at the wounds that have those lower frequencies. That would attract these beings or these entities, and and move that into a, a whole place of healing, you know, a place of wholeness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then I always think, you know, in that process, you can help others make that journey as well. You know, help them walk that path to healing. Sometimes it does take. If we're talking about how do we shift somebody into a higher vibration it can take energy work it can take talk therapy it can take um oh my gosh sitting sitting with the shaman
0: there's so many different therapies out there yeah even even medical things like like i think sometimes um sometimes i think we can go to just extremes of like oh i'll only look at the medical way or only look at the spiritual way but but to be honest, for me, with, when I was going through my whole thing last year is um, it was a culmination of things. It was mental. So I worked with a therapist. It was spiritual. So I worked with Kathy and it was also physical. I was like very different in certain minerals and that actually affects your nervous system. So actually mm-hmm. part of why I have this podcast is I'm just fascinating learning all these avenues we can look at to help piece together the puzzle to help us honestly just feel more complete and feel more central because it can be a variety of things um, that are impacting your auric field and your energy it, it might not just be this one area it's, it's right all areas yeah it's essentially
1: a symptom Yeah, you know these beings that seem to say Get attracted to certain individuals. It's it's just a symptom of something that's out of balance within that person. Um, not yes. to say that an environment is just say. If we're going back to the hauntings, there are definitely locations that need healing too. That's why they're haunted. You know, yes. that's it. Just speaks to this healing process, but it's essentially a symptom yes. of something else um but you know and there's no shortage of types of beings out there that can come in and interact with us um and so and we don't have to go down that rabbit hole but there's definitely a lot of dimensions and a lot of different dimensional beings out there it's not just these unsavory you know the lower ones that we've mentioned the parasitic ones you know there's
0: definitely other ones too that's true Um, and uh I'm gonna circle back a little bit, but um we sort of briefly touched on this, but I just want to maybe go into it and then yeah. close out. But uh what is so how can someone tell maybe that I know we talked about like oh something feels off if there's like if there's an attachment on them or, mm-hmm. or there's something in their space that's not for their highest good or vibration. I, I'd really like to hone in on this because I think right. I just want people to have some clarity on, on this in particular. Yeah.
1: That's a good point because now that we've had this discussion, your listeners might go look at their place and now they feel yes. vulnerable. Yes. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what's in my closet? What's under my bed? Yeah. Um, and I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, essentially for ghosts, you know, if, if there's, they overshadow your energy. So mm-hmm. you might take on their personality. In other words, if you are normally an upbeat, positive person normally, and all of a sudden you're starting to feel heavy and lethargic and you're having emotions that you normally don't, you know, you don't wake up with, you might have, um, disturbing dreams, um, you might um so that might be they're just overshadowing your energy field, so they're they're impacting your emotions and your thought fields Mm -hmm. um so that's how i've encountered ghosts um they just kind of they blend with your your energy and typically they're not going to be very happy (laughs) so that's why you know there are happy you know happy hauntings out there but um you know sometimes they're just having having a really good time and they want to keep it going but but typically they're somebody who's lost and they just get attached so you're going to feel your thoughts kind of feel negative or down and they're and they almost kind of intrude in your space everybody i've worked with that's had a a ghost or kind of like that type of attachment if you will they always say afterwards that their thoughts never really felt their own right yeah something just feels off um Another one is prone to anger and outbursts, things that just feel the lower beings the, the vibrational parasitic ones, they typically, you can feel like you're, you're quick to anger, outbursts, um, emotional, short fuse where that's not your norm. You just feel agitated, irritated. And you just feel like, well, this just doesn't feel right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you might totally random start developing behaviors that are not you, especially um, I like can haunt, like say a ghost. Let's say that you have a ghost attachment that maybe had an alcohol problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so all of a sudden you find that you are craving alcohol.
0: Because they are
1: in your energy field, and they were an alcoholic, so they you are going to start having
0: that craving as Mm -hmm. well, or drugs, or sex, or food. Say, I remember specifically the ghost I had over the summer. Um, Like, I, I mean, I've dealt with a little codependency just myself, but like, it was like another level of like me craving being around people constantly. And like, I, like, I didn't want to be alone. I remember like, I was like, I need, I need people. And like when I was with people, I felt a little better. And I felt like mm-hmm. this ghost was like very codependent too, in a way of like feeding mm-hmm. off people through me type thing. So that yeah, too is, is just at least for what I went through something that can show it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That
1: was very true. Yeah. You can find just like a shift in your personality. Yeah. Um, argumentative. Um, oh my gosh! It's just anything that feels out of character for your normal, you know, emotional landscape. Um, gosh, I had a a client who had a possession entity for her whole life wow. until I, you know, basically ex. I'll just use the class classic pop culture term, exercised her. Yeah. <laughs> but. Once I removed that being, and it was a compassionate removal too, it was, I honored this being and and marched it home, marched it from the standpoint, because it was a royal nature. It was like an old Viking.
0: Yeah. I remember you talking.
1: Yeah. That was an amazing, powerful experience um, because I totally was in relationship, talking to this being and honoring its, its path home. Um, so when he was gone, when he left uh, my client's body, um, she totally didn't know who she was. She was really disoriented for quite some time because he had overshadowed her personality for so long. She was always kind of aggressive and just kind of hawkish in a way. In a way she always kind of had a brooding posture and mm. it was just interesting. So when this thing was gone, it's like all of a sudden she was oh I don't know I don't know who I am he was so a part of her her personality right yeah so she just totally it just kind of like put her into a no man's land for a while until she can kind of come back to who she was um, or kind of find herself let's put it that way she never knew her life without this being right that's what we call a possession entity mm -hmm. yeah that wasn't somebody she picked up along (laughs) the street
0: she came into this lifetime with it. That's so fascinating too, how how you can come in. And, and now I, I'm like getting the sense that there might be listeners that are like, oh my gosh, is my personality. Right. Person? And so <sighs> the advice that I just got downloaded is to ask yourself when you start to question and maybe panic about something like this, this topic is to say, ask yourself, is this true? Is this true? And maybe you feel a heart sensation of, no, this isn't true. Or maybe you hear, cause maybe you're clear audience and you hear in your head, no, no true. Like, because that was a very rare case too. So I want to like, right.
1: That was, um, so that that's true. I want to highlight that, that not everybody has that type of experience. Um, this was just a really unique situation. Um, And, but what was interesting when I look back on it and I've known this person for quite some time is you could just tell in her journey and she's close to my, like she's in her late fifties, I believe. And, but she's going through a process of really finding her power. She's just been, she's, I've known her for years. She's just going through a, a transformational shift in her life about empowerment. Mm. Um, But she's also highly intuitive. She is also very skilled at, I'm going to call like natural healing arts in like the old ways, like Druid, you know, along the lines of Wicca, you know, she's really good with fire and ritual and um, moon magic. So yes. she's she's had she grew up around witches. So this is another thing. Not everybody on the street's going to have this experience. So she was in a very unique, I'd say, demographic. Right. Right. So your listeners need to keep that in mind that not everybody has this experience. It's because how she was raised, the people she was raised around, that mm-hmm. this seemed very natural <laughs> to have this experience. Right. Right. Yeah. So I just thought I would highlight that. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. That's so unusual. So
0: unusual. Yeah. And, and maybe the listeners will ask, you know, is there something on me? Is there something attached? And, and then maybe they don't have the tools or um, they don't exactly know how to extract it themselves. So, I think this is a good way to segue into how can people reach you Kathy if they, if they that's a good point yeah yeah if they need that assistance
1: I always say um if yeah I'd say start with you know like doing some housekeeping you know smudging yourself using smudge or using a shower water just use your inner eye to scan and use like a cleansing ritual that way either smudging or epsom salts Mm-hmm. Um, and if you still feel like there's something that needs a little help along out, <laughs> yeah, ushered out of your energy field. Um, so I am located in Fremont. My studio is here in Fremont, and um, so they can go to my website. There's booking software right on my site. It's really fairly straightforward. Um, when it works, it works pretty well. Uh, but my website is dub 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 Kathy Mesick- energyintuitive.com
0: and i'll yeah. show notes too for people yeah
1: oh good 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 yeah. i do have an email too you can email me through that site so there's a contact form you can email me through that info at kathy EnergyIntuitive hyphen energyintuitive.com and then of course my phone number which is 206 960
0: 1457 perfect perfect yeah Um, And I was also going to ask, too, what other services do you offer? Um, Well, I guess it sort of comes up in your sessions sometimes when people have attachments, but can you speak more to the services you offer?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I kind of do a, a wide range. My healing practice really encompasses a lot of tools outside of Reiki. I mean, I am called a Reiki master teacher, but I do incorporate a lot of um, advanced healing techniques. I incorporate shamanism within my work. Sometimes I don't even discuss that while I'm working with clients because sometimes they don't have, um, I just don't want to complicate them <laughs> in their thoughts. It's like, let's keep it simple. Um, so I also offer, um, I'm just trying to think. So you can see on my website where it does list um, house. Clearings. I kind of backed off for during the, the pandemic a little bit, although I did do them. I just said I wasn't doing them at this time. You'd have to reach out to me. I do it on a consultation basis, you know, like, because um, sometimes it's really simple. It's not really requiring a house clearing. It's more about taming the imagination. <laughs> right. right. So tame that imagination. Um, and then I also... Um, have i do mediumship i have one of my best friends is a, a very skilled me, medium and um, i offer her services through my site as well and we just do that on sunday mornings at her based around her schedule so if you want to talk with a loved one on the other side i i let her take the lead and and i'll just hold space for all of us while she talks to your loved one so that's another service i offer um But typically my healing sessions cover a lot of territory. It depends on what's needed. And I listen to spirit guides in that process. What do we need to do in this moment? And I have a lot of resources on the other side of the veil that I utilize in different light. I call them specialists. I use them in my healing work, angels, Um, just whatever is needed.
0: (laughs) And I was going to say you also, in addition to being located here in Seattle, um, for in-person sessions, you also, I know off online and I have, uh, I was looking at the analytics for the podcast and I noticed we have people in the Midwest, on the East coast, Southeast listening. And I'm like, I don't know where you guys are coming from, but I'm very grateful. That's a good listening. Yeah. It, it's very exciting. Someone in the UK I saw recently. So, um, yeah. So yeah reach That's you.
1: right. I have clients all over the country actually and international too. So yeah. that's, so when that happens, I just do distant sessions and I do it through zoom or just through the phone. Um, we just set up a time and, and, and this is the beauty of energy work. You don't have to be in person. No. You know? True. Yeah. 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 So that's a little hard concept to comprehend in the beginning, but if your listeners are doing energy work, they'll fully comprehend that concept. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. energy beyond so. time. Really, time is a construct. So that's a yeah. little that. So yeah,
1: yeah, that's a that's a mind trip. Yeah. So, but um, so I hope I covered a lot of your it, questions. I mean, it is a very complex topic. Um, um, I guess my t- you know the bait, I think the the most important fact or thing to take note of is really stay in your power you know that center channel of light and power and um not give it away Mm -hmm. give it away to other ideas or concepts yeah how do you yeah critical thinking
0: yeah Especially now, I think that that's a very important message. I like to end on like, what's your message to the collective? And that sounds like. Yeah, right. Perfect. Right.
1: Yeah, I always, um, essentially what, we're, what we've been talking about through this whole interview or this, this discussion is really how to stay in your sovereign power. You know, we're talking sovereignty. And when we're talking about spiritual alignment, we're aligning with our higher truth, higher wisdom, and not letting outside forces influence us, essentially. So because the world is a noisy place. And what we've discussed today, there's a lot of unseen forces as well that are trying to get in there and mess with your energy field. And they do they're they're artful manipulators you know and they're usually very selfish and have an end game at hand um but that's not to say even our own world at large we're a part of a collective Mm -hmm. so i always say take stock of where our beliefs are i always say suspend all belief come back to your center align with your center channel and does this feel true Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know when we align with that center center space you can insert almost any word you want there but it's that channel of sovereign power Mm -hmm. and the more you're familiar with that you're it's basically and i can you cast on there like bullshit meter can i say that Uh, yeah go. (laughs) you you kind of cultivate a bullshit meter you can kind of feel when there's mistruth happening you can feel and even when you're really you can tell when somebody's lying you can just it kind of just you are aligned with your truth and that is your divine. That's your birthright, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in that channel of light divine. So for a collective message, I just say really practice that with due diligence and always come back to center, have a meditation practice, yeah. which that can be so many different things, but it's coming back to stillness. When yeah. you quiet the noise within, mm-hmm. you come back to that center. In that stillness, you, you quieted all the noise. And then you really fortify that relationship. Yeah, and, and so then you can hear, you know, you can see the the critters out there. Like, yeah, just move along, move along. I see you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Have no impact on me. <laughs> That's what I've been saying too.
1: And the thing is, that's when you're in a place of power and that there's ghosts, you say, you set up boundaries, like, no, you can be in the building, but don't come into this space. Exactly. Exactly. Don't cross my threshold. Exactly. Exactly. You're just tidying. It's housekeeping. So, And, you know, sometimes, you know, the ghosts are ready. They need your help and you can sit with them and help them move along. Um, And it's just, yeah. But once you're in your power, yeah, and you can make those discernments, those choices.
0: Another sorry, just going on to add to what you were saying, another visual they always show me too is uh is like is like parties, like parties in college or whatever. Like Gosh. it's like you have a bouncer at the door. Not everyone should or could get in, you know, right? <laughs> that visual yep. always have a guardian
1: at the door. Have yep. your bouncer exactly you
0: know? exactly and that's
1: the thing too you're, you are creating your house rules yep so if you have a bouncer and it can be just you can plant a, an archangel at the door you know yep. just you're my guardian and they say and they don't let things in unless they're of highest vibration and good intention and that can be your friends as well <laughs> keep your the lower <laughs> ones out that's True. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah or yeah you can just you set up your house
0: rules yeah. Exactly. exactly. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. This was absolutely wonderful. I feel like there's so much knowledge shared and, and you answered so many questions that I think a lot of people have. So thank you. It's truly a blast. Oh,
1: I, I hope so. I mean, gosh, I can get oh. off track and get into different areas of those discussions, but I hope I was helpful today
0: it was on track you covered everything so thank you and we'll end on another cheers thanks for oh yeah I'm almost done
1: yep get my little beverage Cheers! <laughs> cheers. great thanks Anne